What's going on, fam? Welcome back to the episode. It's your boy, Tavares. Um, so someone literally just texted me, get off Instagram and make a podcast episode. I had to send them a proof that I'm currently recording. So if they don't listen to this episode, they're going to have to give an account for God to God about their rebellion. If you're new, <laughs> my wife and I wrote a book, Golly Dating 101. Check it out. Get it for a friend. Get it. Even if you're not going to give it to a friend, buy 30 and just put them on your bookshelf. You know, you waste money at Chick-fil-A and Starbucks anyways. But tonight I have an episode that I want to share with you guys. And it's going to be a bit of a continuation of what we did last week. How the church has somewhat failed men. And I know it sounds a bit like a reach, but I'm not really reaching. I think there's some areas the church in general needs to improve on and how how we deal with our men. So last week we spoke a little bit about how men aren't held accountable the same way that women are. Um, and not in every scenario, not in every case, not in every situation, but it seems to be a common thing where women get held to a higher standard and the men are just allowed to do whatever. And another issue we see facing the men in our church is that men are passionate about the wrong things. So I'm not going to make this episode too long. Like I told you guys before, I'm probably going to change the, the, the entire name to Godly Living 101 because I just want to talk about living for God because unfortunately, everybody knows how to. Everybody wants to hear about getting a relationship. No one wants to hear about living for God. I think telling people how to get back into the Bible and to get their life together spiritually is what prepares us to get ourselves together um, relationally. And I say that because my marriage suffers if I'm not spending time with God, or my relationship with God um, suffers when I'm focused on everything else, even if it's ministry, and I'm not focused on God. So I think God is calling us to dive a little deeper back into His Word, um, dig deeper back into His presence, and that's something I have to do. So nursing school is very demanding. Literally, the moment I finish this, I edit and I prepare the things to upload. I'm immediately, and this is nighttime, going into writing a paper that'll be due. Um, life is hectic, but at, it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in, you must prioritize spending time with God. You must prioritize doing the things of God. And it's unacceptable if we are a success in every aspect except our spiritual lives. Just saying, but today, going back to the topic at hand on how the church may have felt men in these areas, there's a couple more that, and bear in mind, there's some that can easily be said, you know, so I didn't want to dive into some basic topics. One of these you may find uh, common sense, but I want you to hear me out. But the number, uh, third thing, like I thought you already went over two, the third thing that I want to mention that I believe the church has felt the men in regards to a principle men must abide by, I believe is the principle of modesty. Um, and I say that because, unfortunately, I, I mean, I've been in church my most of my entire life. My parents got saved when I was around four years old. So all I know is church. All I know is, um, you know, living for God. All I know is, you know, parents starving for living for God and, you know, church culture, purity culture, whatever you want to call it. I've been in church forever. And anytime I hear modesty talked about, it's normally always talking to women. They may tell the guys, hey, dress nice. But with women, 
your skirt needs to be a certain length. Oh, this can't be too tight. This can't be too this. This can't be too that. And while all of those things are perfectly fine, the Bible is very clear when it deals with women and, and the issue of modesty. I believe a lot of times we think just because God was specifically addressing women that he wasn't laying a standard for the church. Because it's it's weird to me that I would think it's inappropriate to see my sister in a bikini or, you know, the side pose where the girls show off show off the cake. You know, they want everybody to know they've been doing squats. Um, it's it's crazy for me to say that's inappropriate and then turn around and then wear something that's just as revealing, if not worse, than women. Um, you know, and I, I'm not one to get on here and tell people if you don't have on a shirt, you're going to hell. Um, chances are you probably have a lustful spirit and you might be headed there, but, you know, that's not my place to say. Um, uh, uh, man, I can't remember where it's from in the Bible, but I should have, if I would have thought of that, but um, I think it was the demoniac man in Genesaret. I think that's where the city was, whatever. It was a man who was throwing himself on the ground, you know, torturing himself. And then when Jesus cast the, the demons out of him, the Bible says he was clothed and in his right mind after, which shows me. A lot of times it's evil spirits that cause people to be so dressed inappropriately or revealing. Um, it's never the spirit of God telling you to show your cleavage on social media. The ladies know that. But I don't think it's the spirit of God telling us, fellas, go ahead and flex You know what you've been working on at the gym all over social media. I don't think God told you to do that either. There was a guy who I invited on a podcast. And if he, you know, on an Instagram live some point last year. And if he listens to this and he's offended, you know, I, I really don't care because, you know, it was holding him accountable, you know, because he called himself a Christian. His social media is blowing up because he's a Christian. Um, and none of this is even in my notes, but this is coming back to me now. And unfortunately, it seems as though there were so many pictures on his page in underwear, shirts off. And bear in mind, I'm not saying it's appropriate if you're a certain build. Because, you know, a lot of women, they get criticized. If a woman is um, wearing something that's too tight, now they're talking, they're, they're condemning her because of her shape. No, maybe she's just curvy, right? I'm not saying something is appropriate if you're skinny or swole or skinny or thick. I'm not saying those things. I'm saying it's a principle. Are, is your clothing drawing people to you? Or is it pointing people back to God, who you're glorifying through what you're wearing? Because the Bible says you were bought with a price, bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with your body. First Corinthians six, um, about verse 16 to 20. It talks about glorifying God with your body. But it doesn't just say, uh, please, God, with your body. It says you were bought with a price, meaning what I put on. What I wear, when I go out, when I wear when I'm representing, um, every time I go out, I'm representing something. I'm, I'm either distracting people from God or I'm pointing people back to him. Um, the Bible says in Matthew 5, 28, But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her have committed adultery with her already in his heart. Matthew 5, 28, Jesus is telling them a principle. But unfortunately, we always read that in terms of just the men, you know, having purity in their hearts. Um, not less than after women, you know, because they're dressed nice. And we have to realize that Jesus was teaching us a principle because women shouldn't have lust in their hearts when they're looking after us as well. Bear in mind, if someone has a lust issue, 
whether you're in a full suit or you're in your birthday suit, whether you're in a blanket, a nun outfit, it doesn't matter. If somebody has a perverted heart, they have a perverted heart. They're going to see something. But the point is, I'm not giving them something to get their spirit riled up, get their emotions raging. And I believe God wants us men to have that same standard in our lives, whereas I'm not wearing something where I know can cause the women to stumble. You want to say, well, it's their eyes. They need to be pure. They need to think right. But no, God tells us in Romans 14, if you know something is a stumbling block, you shouldn't be doing it because that's when it becomes a sin. When you know you're causing someone else to stumble, you're causing someone else um, to, to look at you in a way that they're not seeing a brother in Christ. They're seeing Magic Mike. They're seeing uh, something inappropriate. Like I, I once had a lady tell a, I heard a lady tell a guy at church who was just like, like, dude, your pants are too tight. Like, your, your stuff is showing. Like, it was a literal grown woman. Pull the guy to the side and tell him that. Like, dude, you're, that's inappropriate. Like, and the thing is, thankfully, he was able to, you know, listen. I don't know if he was offended, but it was the fact that somebody needed to tell the guy. But we cannot keep allowing men to think it's okay for me to wear pants tight enough that you could read my debit card. Or shirt off because I've been working out or whatever it is. Because I know modesty, people think it's subjective and, you know, style is subjective. You know, fashion is subjective. All of these things are. But the word of God isn't subjective. We know if our lifestyle is, if our clothing is pleasing to God or not. And I get it. Men are more visual. You know, they like to say that men get turned on by what they see. But trust me, guys, that's really an excuse. Because we're not telling men... Um, we're not telling men, uh, we're not, we're not realizing that we, we need to be teaching our men about, um, self-control, um, which we'll talk about a little bit, but we're not teaching, we have to be teaching us to, the brothers to respect women and, and, and respect women as sisters, respect, you know, because truth be told, it's easy to lust after a woman if you don't view her as a sister. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I believe a lot of people, they spend a lot of time investing in others. You buy everyone gifts. You you do things to make sure everyone else is taken care of. But a lot of times, we don't take care of ourselves. We need to learn to invest in ourselves. Whatever your self-care looks like, that's not something that you can allow to be optional. I know a lot of people, they shy away from therapy, but therapy has been known to help people with a lot of coping skills. It's been learned to help people walk in peace And as believers, you know we strive to walk in peace, and I know that God is our Prince of Peace, but sometimes you need an outlet, and that's what therapy is. It's someone that you can lean on that can assist you in the middle of any trauma or struggles that you may be going through. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Godly and try to get get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash godly if you're a guy listening to this episode maybe you need deliverance but nine times out of ten you've never been physically attracted to your sister you may thought oh i had a pretty sister but you've never been turned on by your sister why because you view her as your sister like gross dude like no i'm protecting her but when we see the women on the road it's easy to view them as a, a object of sex symbol, you know, or 
it's easy to objectify them when you don't view them as a sister. And you would do whatever it takes to protect your sister. And the same way we want our sisters to dress in a modest and a classy way, not just to honor God, but also to protect us. Let's just call it what it is. We need to be doing the same thing in return. And many may think, oh, that's legalism. Tavares, you're reaching. You can't control what anybody else does. I can control if I'm a part of the problem. We have to be honest with ourselves and stop making excuses. You know, but the Bible tells us, and we're going to talk a little bit about this in my next point. Um, in Galatians 5, 24 through 25, it says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucify them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So we see that it's not a matter of what I want to wear or what I used to wear before I got saved. It's just my fashion. God didn't save me from, from, from my culture. He didn't save me from fashion. I've heard all kinds of sayings, but in truth be told, Bible says Romans 12, 1, and be not conformed to this world, but be you be transformed by the renewing of your minds. God doesn't want us continuing the same patterns we did before we were saved. So I get it. You're in the life for the party. Everybody know you as the jock shirt off. Yeah, but you're saved now. If you still look like the people in the world, it ruins your witness. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Because it's easy for you to say, I have a God who, who believes in um, holiness of the heart and of the mind and of the spirit and our, and our actions, purity. Let no man, um, uh, let no man uh, despite your youth, you know the Bible verse is talking, uh, it's slipping me right now, but let no man despise thy youth, but be an example among the believers. God wants us to be an example, and that example is also in how we dress, fellas. And I think men get a pass a little too much about even how inappropriately they're dressed, even on social media and stuff like that. Um, the next one I want to say in this podcast is the need for self-control. And he's piggybacking off my last point. And I want to say this because it's weird how, how many um, Christian men listen to these idiot podcasters, um, these guys who, who don't have the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit is not speaking through them, but they're allowing those people to tell them what relationship should be outside of the Bible. You know, and I listened to an interview. I was trying to get the video. Um, I was trying to find a TikTok video. Guys, if you're listening to this podcast, um, right now, it's my desire that I'll start making a lot more reaction videos because I want to see something happening in culture and relate it to what scripture is saying. Um, the reason why I don't make a, a, a huge emphasis on this on my own is because I'm busy, one, and two, I don't want that to be the only thing the page is about. But if there are videos, because people DM me and I do not get time to respond to every single person. But if there are videos you guys see and you guys are like Tavares, Safa, get on that. Send it to us. Just DM it to us. DM us the link or whatever. We'll try to download it, respond, and get it out quick to you guys. 
And if it's not working well here, then we'll just start uploading it um, to Patreon to give them exclusive content. But it was this guy, Justin Waller. Um, he was saying something on the podcast um, in regards to all men would cheat if you everybody turned around. Nobody in the world was looking. If they could cheat, they could just press that button that every man in the world would. And every man, you know, he wants to he wants to be a good husband, a provider, and all that, but he still wants to sleep around. And I'm just like, what? And he was like, women should be okay with it. And all men think that way. And I was just like, bro, what are you talking about, bro? Like, you're really trying to make it seem as though because you have a flawed way of thinking that it's normal. And that's the problem when we allow the God of this world to determine what relationships should look like. We allow society to determine. Society doesn't know what a man or woman is anymore. It's fluid. It depends on how I feel. And it's not even about my faith, but biology doesn't even exist to some people. In their mind, it's fluid. And I could be whatever I want to be. Tomorrow I can be a Ninja Turtle, as long as I'm convinced. And it's crazy because he was saying, nobody is looking. But the problem is when we allow men to operate without self-control, it's easy for us to stop it's easy for us to forget that God is watching us. You know, God is always looking. God sees everything we're doing in the dark. That's scary. God sees everything we're doing, and God is going to judge us for everything that we're doing. No word or no deed. And, and I'm not saying this as a scare tactic and behold, because it's like, bro, if y'all know some of the foolishness I've done, some of the foolishness I, I try to avoid now, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's easy for us to stumble. You know, but that's the reason we have to have self-control. Uh, a lot of people like to say, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And that's true, James 4 and 7. But that verse starts off with submit yourself to God. Because you cannot resist the devil if you're not submitted to God. But the problem is we're not submitting to God. We're submitting to our urges. And that's where we have, we have a huge problem. The church has not been teaching men to surrender those urges to the cross. But instead, those hormones have become our God. Those hormones have led us you know, astray, caused us to do foolish actions and caused us to make bad decisions because we're not realizing that God is looking even when that guy is telling you, oh, everybody's doing it. It's no big deal. But that's why David said this in Psalm 139, 23 through 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's in the NLT. David was saying, there's parts of me that I don't even know that's wrong. But God, search it. Because I want to be right. And that's the thing. When we get to the point where we have to get to the point where we want to be right, even if we look right on the outside. Because we've mastered that. I know I've, I have. I can look holy on the outside. I know how to put together the nice suit. I, we know how to praise the Lord, brother. We know how to do all of those things on the outside. But God sees those little parts of us that needs to be cleansed, that needs to be washed, that needs to be renewed. And if you resist that, you make the process much harder because we don't realize that what God has for us is better. But the devil keeps trying to convince us that the sin is worth it when in reality it isn't. You know, so while this person is telling us no one is going to know, even if no one knows, we're becoming enslaved to our urges with that mindset. 
things like pornography. It traps you. It makes you a prisoner to your hormones. That perversion makes you, places you in a bondage that you can't even be the man who God has called you to be. So you have to understand without self-control, a, a man without discipline is a man who God cannot use. A man without discipline is a billionaire waiting to go bankrupt. A man without discipline is a man in perfectly good shape who's going to immediately become obese, heart disease, diabetes. Why? Because discipline is what saves you. 1 Corinthians 9, 24-27. I, I didn't have that pulled up. Uh, but Paul was saying... Uh, Y'all just be patient with me. You know, I'm giving y'all scripture tonight because I need, I need you guys to understand the seriousness. It says, know you not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. And every man that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things. Temperate meaning self-control. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, Another translation just says, not as somebody just shadow boxing, punching air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. A lot of people are going to claim that does, oh, you're not going to go to hell, one save, always save. I don't know. That verse seems pretty clear. But Paul is saying, I could be disqualified from God's grace, even though I was preaching to other people disqualified from heaven, even though I preaching to other people, disqualified from a certain blessing God wanted to give in my life, even though I was preaching to other people. I find, I, I read this verse with fear because I'm like, God, thank you for allowing me to be alive because it's only because of your mercy and your grace. But it's easy for us to allow men to think, as long as you can play the, the instruments, brother, you know, you're good. God is using you. But the problem with that mindset is the gifts and callings of God is without repentance. God is not taking away his gift. God, God wants to use you. But it's, it's our lack of discipline that's causing us to forfeit what God is calling us to. There's so much greater depths that God is calling our men to. But until we die to our flesh and discipline our bodies, we're going to constantly repeat the same cycle of perversion repeat the same cycle of laziness, repeat the same cycles of anxiety and depression. God is saying you have to be willing to be disciplined because you can be on the praise team and not be in his presence. You can be a preacher and not be in his will. You know, so we have to understand that God wants us to, to not take his stuff for granted. Paul, uh, yeah, Paul in Galatians 5, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And again, the verse I read earlier, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. So if you are listening to this episode, especially my brothers, and you claim to be a Christian, you've nailed your pornography, you've nailed your perversion, you've nailed your anger, 
we've nailed our, our, our laziness. We've nailed our disrespectful, sarcastic, rude behavior. That's what God is telling us to die to. It's hard. It's hard, but that's what God really wants. He wants us to die to those things. I need us to understand that. And I'm not going to make this episode long. I'm going to wind it down now. But it's a lot of things that I feel as though the church has neglected and meant for. And next week, if it's not going to be a guest, I'll start on um, the women. Try to get self in on that ep- on the episode if I can. But it's a lot of things. We, we're failing men if we're allowing men to live without discipline, without self-control. We're allowing men in the church to be immodest. And then we're wondering where the standard is in the world. If the church doesn't have a standard, then the world is only going to be worse. Men have to strive for holiness. The Bible makes it clear, and it's crazy how people people yell bondage and legalism when you talk about what, what God requires. But 2 Corinthians 7, 1, I read it in NLT. It says, because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit. And let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. We have to realize that no matter what society is doing, no matter what your church is doing, no matter what these trendy preachers are doing, no matter what godly dating is doing, Tavares is not the standard. But we have to realize that God is calling us to something much greater than we realize. God wants us to be cleansed. And, you know, Jesus says, sanctify them by thy truth. That word is truth. I believe that John 17, 17 God wants us to immerse ourselves in his word because when we don't, fellas, we fail. We cannot lead our wives or children, society, or do anything impactful without his presence. So it's important that we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. Men, we need discipleship. As great as women are, as great as our mothers were, if if some of you may have had single moms, they cannot teach you how to be a man. They can they can steer you in the right direction. But men, we need godly men as examples. Every young man needs a godly man to help guide him. Even if it's only his mom in his home, he needs that uncle to step up, that pastor, that teacher, whoever it is in that community that can help him. Because it's not meant to for women only to be guided to men. Fellas, we need to be discipling one another. It's needed in a society that's constantly tearing down men, trying to mess up um, the the patriarch the patriarchal figure inside the, the nuclear home. Everything is like they're tearing down men. Society, you see it on the news, make it criticized, all these things. But for those people who are inside the church, a lot of times we're telling our men, get married. But the truth is, you've never taught him how to be a man. You may... There's so many churches teaching men how to be preachers and not how to be husbands. We know how to preach and sing. We don't really know how to love and respect our wives. We don't know how to keep boundaries with other women. We don't know how to um, resist our flesh. It's so many things the church is failing us on, and we have to do something. Does he know how to process pain? Because so many men are in bondage, in bondage to their stress. Do I know how to steward a godly relationship? Those are all those things I need somebody to teach me and I need to be willing to teach the next generation. We have to be willing to have those things. But I know I said a lot. 
and hopefully stay tuned in. But I believe there's so many areas that the church can improve on. And it's not that the church is imp- the church is uh, just flawed and terrible. No, God's bride is beautiful. And he's coming back for a bride without spot, blemish, or wrinkles. Which means we have to improve. And next week, we're going to talk about how our ladies can improve. And I bet that's when I lose some subscribers. But I love y'all anyway. Again, Godly Dating 101. Love you guys. Keep us in your prayers. Safa definitely wants to be here. But, you know, it is what it is. And we'll be more active on social media soon. Just be patient. <laughs> I love you guys. Be blessed in Jesus' name.